Good to see everybody this morning. I'm glad to be in God's house. Are you? Now, there's a uh, there's a lot of churches that are not open this morning, and and we are. And if you're here and you're in church, you are in very fortunate. Amen. Uh, in fact, it's in in other parts of the country they're they're telling people they can go to church, but they can't sing. Wouldn't that be terrible to be able to come to church and not even be able to open your mouth to sing? That'd be awful. Luke chapter twelve. That's where we're going to take the scripture from this morning. Luke chapter 12 and starting in verse number 35. And as Cecil said, I'm going to preach it on the Lord's return. And uh, we're going to be reading down through verse 48. So just bear with me. We're going to read about 13 verses this morning. Luke chapter 12 verse 35. If you'll stand to honor the reading of God's word. The Bible says this. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, Let your loins be girded about, and your lights burning. And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, that they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet, and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch, or in the third watch, and find them so blessed are those servants. And know this, that if the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched, and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But, and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens and to eat and drink and to be drunken. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him and in an hour when he is not aware and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Now listen to this verse very carefully. And that servant which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not, and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For whatsoever much is given... Of him shall much be required, and to whom men have committed much of him will they ask the more. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, and we thank you for your many blessings. God, we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to meet here this morning. God, I just pray that you would bless each one that has put forth the effort this morning to come out. Lord, in spite of this pandemic, Lord, that, that people have come to hear your word, God, to hear... Lord, the singing and just to worship you for a little while, God. And I just pray that you will bless them for that. Lord, I just pray that as we go into the word, Lord, that you would open hearts, God, and that you would open minds. Lord, that people would see the need to be ready. God, I just pray that you would use me as your vessel. 
Lord, I'm absolutely unworthy to stand here this morning. God, I just pray that your touch would, would be in this service, Lord, and that your Holy Spirit, Lord, would, would do work. Give me clarity of mind and clarity of speech to deliver your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. If you're in my Wednesday night class, uh, some of you are, you'll know that we've been actually going verse by verse through the book of Luke. And uh, we're, I think we're eight chapters in and we're about eight weeks in. And so it's going to take me a whole week to preach this. I hope you all know that. But as, as we find out in, in the book of Luke, now Luke is a doctor. And Luke is a very meticulous man. And he writes these things down. And, and he actually had to go back and interview people. And as, as Jesus would go about and do his ministry, we find in, in verse number 1 of this chapter, and I'll, I'll just go back and read it. You don't have to turn there. But in Luke chapter 12, verse 1, it says, In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trod upon one another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, now it's important that we read Luke chapter 35 uh, or Luke chapter 12 verses 35 through 48 in that context that he is speaking to his disciples first of all. Did you see that? Luke chapter 12 verse 1 says this is to the disciples. This is to people who have believed and who have confessed that Jesus is their Savior. This is to you. And so, oddly enough, on a Sunday morning, and, and I generally don't do this, I save this kind of thing for Wednesday night, I'm going to preach to the church. See, Jesus in this parable is talking to his disciples. And all these people are gathered around and there's so many of them that they can't be numbered. And they, they can't even, they, they're just on top of one another. But Jesus is looking at his disciples. He's looking at those 12 guys who he called off the seashore, who he called off the tax table and, and several other things. And he's talking to them. And he says in these verses, he's going to talk about and give a story of a parable, which is, a, which is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning about a man who told his servants to be ready. And so verse number 35 of this chapter, Jesus goes into it and, and he's talking to the, to the Pharisees and then he goes to his disciples and he says these words. He says, let your loins be girded about and your lights Burning. He starts off by telling his disciples, the ones that have been following him, the ones in Wednesday night we're going through and we're talking about all the miracles of Jesus. And they have seen Jesus do all these great things, how he's raised the dead and made the lame walk and the blind to see and all these wonderful things. And they're just amazed. But Jesus says, listen, folks. He says, you need to be at work as well. That, that thought, let your loins be girded. What that means is that men in the Middle East at the time, they would actually wear what, what we would consider a dress. They would wear a robe, and it would go all the way down to the top of their feet. And they would wear these things, and these robes that they, these men wore, they were very cumbersome, and they were, they were something that, that would hinder you and get in your way. So when Jesus said, let your loins be girded, what he meant is they would actually take and they would pull their robe, and they would tuck it in the sash around their, around their waist so that they could actually get some work done. And so as we read this parable and as we go through it, we need to understand that there's a time to be at work, and that time is right now, this very minute. 
I don't need to stand here this morning and tell you that Jesus is coming back. You should know that already. And Jesus doesn't really take a whole lot of time to establish that fact. He doesn't give any any prophecies or anything to look for during this time. All he says is that I am coming back. And he says that then in light of that fact and knowing that I am coming back, he says that you need to have your loins girded. And I thought, how can you put that in modern terms? And I guess the best thing that you can say like that in, in modern terms would be just to roll your sleeves up and just get to work. He said, not only do you have your loins girded, but he says that you have your lights burning. And then he goes on and he says, and be yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord. When he will return from the wedding and when he cometh and knocketh that they may hope open to him immediately. So we have a story about a wedding and, or just a reference to a wedding. And, and weddings in the Middle East, they were totally different than weddings today. How many of you actually enjoy going to weddings? <laughs> That's a tough question to ask, isn't it? You go and, and you sit there and, and there's a lot of anticipation and all this. And, and you know, everybody wants to see the, the bride in her dress and all these great things. And, and then, like, what is it, 25, 20, 25 minutes later, boom, they're married. And here we go. Let's go eat some cake and go to the house. So the whole event maybe lasts an hour or two. But weddings in this time, they were an all-day event. I mean, when people got married, they really, really celebrated and this man had been invited to a wedding, this Lord, as it calls him, this, this man that's over the household, and he told his servants, he said, he said, servants, I am leaving, and I am going somewhere, and when I get back, I want you to be ready for my return. And these servants had to take that very seriously. Now, these are not slaves. These are servants. These are people that the Lord is paying, people that the Lord cares about. And as he goes to this wedding, it says that he tarries because weddings back then lasted a long time. In verse 38, and it says, And if he shall come in the second watch, which is at last until about midnight, or come in the third watch, which is about three in the morning, and find them so, blessed are those servants. We know that, that Jesus told us in John chapter 14 that he was going to prepare a place for us, right? That's, that's something I don't have to establish, hopefully. And he says that if I go and I prepare a place for you, he says, then I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. And so the Lord, before he left, he gave these specific instructions. He says, be ready for me to come back. And these servants, they may have had to, to stay up. And no doubt, as I think about these servants and I think about this picture, this guy probably left early in the day. And they were tidying up the house and they were doing the things that they needed to do. And then finally it starts getting on towards night and getting towards dark. And I don't know about you, but, but when it starts getting dark, I'm looking for a bed, aren't you? I mean, I'm ready to go to bed. Some people stay up all night. I can't do that. I'm getting too old for that. And so I started looking for a bed, and no doubt these servants are just like us. They got weary, and they got tired. And I see that happening in churches. I see that happening in Christian people today, that we, we believe the promise that Jesus is coming back. I, 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 I very highly would say that it would be very hard to find anybody in this room that would dispute, dispute the fact Jesus is coming back, right? be really hard to do somebody might and we'll talk after church if you dispute that fact but anyways 
It's very hard to believe that anybody would dispute that fact. And these servants would never dispute that fact. They would say with a certainty, yes, my Lord said that he is coming back. But then comes the waiting See, it's easy to talk about it. It's easy to say, yeah, Jesus is coming back and and I'm ready for him and, and, and I'm ready to get out of here and I'm ready to go home. But see, right now, we're waiting. And I'll tell you what, as as the night wore on and as it got on towards 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, maybe even midnight into the end of the second watch of the night, these guys are sitting there and and sure enough they had to wake up every few minutes and they had to be sure that their candles were still burning. They had to make sure that if the Lord showed up and said, hey, I need you to do something. And, And a lot of times when somebody would show up, they would have to prepare them a meal. And so they had to be ready. But no doubt they got tired, didn't they? No doubt that they started nodding off and their heads would, would maybe start going down and, and they would have to, to kind of to poke each other and say, Hey, wake up. The Lord could come back at any time. And I think as Christians we have to do that, don't we? I see people getting tired. I see a lot of preachers that are getting tired. I see folks that have been to been in church all their life that would, would say, without a doubt, the Lord is coming back. But they're tired. And they're weary. And things maybe aren't going so well. And, and they're saying, what can I do? He said, just, just be patient. Because He could come at any time. He said, let your light be burning. Could you think how bad it would be that, that if you were a servant and you were sitting there all night, maybe up until 3 o'clock in the morning, and then your lamp goes out and you hear a knock at the door, and it's the Lord. And he says, hey, I'm ready to come in. And he opens the door, and he can't see a thing. If you're a servant, you know that's a bad thing, right? He said, let your lamp be burning and your loins be girded. That's the first example we have of the wedding. And then we move on and Jesus kind of changes thoughts just a little bit and he, he starts talking about a thief. And in verse 39, Jesus says, And this know that if the goodman of the house... Now the goodman of the house is the head servant. He says that if the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh in an hour when you think not. He talks about the thief. and See, the thing about that is, is, has anybody in here ever been broken into? Just curious. If you have been, raise your hand. I had like a $7,000 lawnmower stolen out of my backyard one time. But, and, and it kind of makes you mad, don't it? And, and it was kind of my fault, I'll be honest with you. When that lawnmower got stolen, if I'd had it put away and had everything locked up like it should have been, then it probably would have not got stolen. And the thing about thieves is they're always looking for something that's undone. They're always looking for an easy way in. And so the thing that Jesus is saying here, when he talks about the thief, he talks about constantly being ready. Always making sure that your boxes are checked. You know, always making sure that the door is locked and always paying attention and leaving nothing undone. 
The easiest way for a thief to break in would be as if you just left the door wide open and they just took off and put a sign out and said, Hey, I'm not home. Here's the door. Well, nobody in their right mind would do that, right? Absolutely not. But yet as Christians, it seems like we lax up sometimes and, and we, we kind of get off of our guard and get unprepared sometimes. But then we have the third story, and this is the one I want to focus on, the, the last part of the parable here. And Peter speaks up and, and talks about this parable. He says, is this unto us or even to all? He's talking about his disciples. And Jesus says this, and and this is what kind of person you need to be as a servant of God. It says, And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat and due season? Blessed is that servant, or happy is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find him so doing of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath these are servants and a lot of times just as as the wedding when the when the ruler would go away or when the Lord would go away he would have to appoint somebody over his business because business had to continue and so he would he would bring all his servants in and he would set them down and he would appoint one of them, and usually there was a head servant in the house. And he would say, I'm going on a journey. He says, and when I come back, things need to be in order. And I think of the book of Acts, chapter 1, around verse 11. When Jesus is ascending back up into heaven, and he tells his disciples, what does he say to them? He says, he says you go into Jerusalem and into Judea and into Samaria, and into the uttermost part of the earth. And you go and you spread the gospel. And those were, if you will, they were our marching orders, and they still stand to this day. Jesus still says, hey, Carl, you need to go wherever you live. You need to go to your Jerusalem, and you need to spread the word. You need to go to your Samaria, your Judea, and all these things. That's why he said, let your lights be burning. I think of Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And he said, blessed is that servant that when he comes, he says, if he finds you doing those things, he says, you'll be happy. He says, you'll be blessed. He said that, that in the earlier part, he said that he may even reverse the roles and take the servant and sit the servant down and serve him. What a blessing that will be. And by the way, that's Revelation chapter 19, the marriage supper of the Lamb. We have that promise too. Amen, Brother Carl. And you see this Lord as he went on this journey. We don't know what he was doing. We don't know what the situation was. But the servant was left with orders. Just as he left each and every one of us with something to do. Everybody in this church, did you know you have something to do to further the gospel of Jesus Christ? For some people, it's really easy to see what they're supposed to do. 
You can look at some people and you can say, hey, that's their job. One person I think of, and, and I don't want to blow his head up, I think about Cecil and what he does. I think Cecil's job is, is to sing. That's, that's what Cecil does. So Cecil, until the Lord comes back, you know what you need to do? You need to be singing. You need to be spreading the gospel that way. And then I think about George and, and how he's a teacher and how that he needs to be teaching until the Lord comes back. And, and all of you each have their own individual job. And even Brother Gary back there, that he needs to preach until the Lord comes back. Amen, brother? There's no time to retire. There's no time to give up. There's no time to slack off that we are to be about the Father's business until he comes back to get us. And that servant, it, it was supposed to do that. But see, then something happened. The tone kind of changes as you go on down. Verse 45 says, but. See, there's a, there's a word there, but, and that changes the whole, the whole thought, the whole timber of this, this story. And it says, but and if. If this were to happen, if that servant say unto his Lord, my Lord delayeth his coming. And shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens, and to eat and drink and be drunken. You know what he's doing in this situation? See, that head servant, he was put over the others to take care of them. He was put over them to, to, to nurture them and to make sure that they were fed and to make sure that the house was in order. But somewhere down the line, that servant got in his mind, hey, maybe... The Lord's not coming back like he said. And in a real life situation, I guess, that maybe, maybe somebody could go off and they could die. Maybe they never come back. But I tell you, Jesus is coming. There's a guarantee of that. There's no, hey, maybe something happened and the plans changed and maybe he's not coming back. No, he's coming back. I promise you. But see, what happens is we get so discouraged sometimes with his delay. I mean, how many of you are having a good time with what's going on in the world? I'm not. I mean, I, I, I'm not just saying, yeah, I get to get up and face this thing another day and, and have to deal with these crazy mobs that are, that are going around. And you just never know. And you, you always seem to wake up to bad news every single day. And it seems like things are just falling apart. And you, you're saying, Lord, why are you delaying? Why, why is this still happening? How is this? And we begin to question. And we begin to think, Lord, what, what's going on here? And then our faith grows weak. And then as, as the, the, the head servant, it says that he began to, to beat the other servants. And that maybe even a, a fight started in the house because they thought, well, he's not coming back. And they began to argue and they began to mistreat one another. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> you can say amen or you can say oh me, but it's the truth. And I see, folks, the longer the Lord comes back, that the, the more it seems like that, that churches are just fracturing and that churches are, are, are beginning to agree less and less. Even amongst the people of God, there's so much disagreement and so much infighting. And it just seems to continue to get worse and worse and worse. And in the back of our minds, some of us are no doubt saying, Surely, Lord, I thought you would have come back by now. Has anybody ever said that to themselves? I've said that, and, and, and many of you that are older than I am that, that have seen a whole lot more than I have, you've seen all the evil in the world, and you've seen the things come to pass that, that is prophesied, and all these things are happening. And you say, where are you, Lord? 
Why is this still happening? We know he's coming back. I believe that with all my heart. But in the back of my mind, I'm saying, it's taken a long time. And I'm just like these servants sometimes. Sometimes I get tired. Sometimes I get weary. Sometimes if I'm not careful, I'll, I'll, we'll make people mad and we'll fight with each other. And, and you know what you cannot do if you're fighting with people across the aisle or if you're fighting with another denomination or whatever it w- would be? You can't spread the gospel of Christ like that. You can't glorify God like that. Did you know that? You know, when God saved me, he gave me a a couple of jobs. One of them is to spread the gospel, and and another one is to bring glory to his name. And we can't do those things if we're always constantly fighting with each other, if we're always constantly just sitting around weary and with our heads down and and saying, well, you know, the the Bible says in the last days that there's going to be a great falling away, and, and we might as well just throw our hands up and quit. No, we cannot do that because Jesus said to be ready. To be ready. And then we go on just a little further. And here's sort of the key verse in the whole thing. Verse 47. Verse 47 says, And that servant. And maybe, let's just make this a little more personal. Put your name in there. And Seth. Or or I'll use you, Carl. Front row's a dangerous place around here, brother. And Carl. And Austin and Andrew, just put your name in there real quick. Which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself. We all know the Lord's will. I've given you the Lord's will. Now, I don't know the Lord's will for everybody's life. But I know that the Lord said that we're to be working for him every day. We're to be glorifying Him every day. The Bible says the Lord's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That means that we're to be out in the world bringing people to Christ. And it seems to be that there's a great famine in that. I mean, it's been a while, I'll be honest with you, since I've seen people kneel at an altar and get saved. It seems like, you know, I, I talk about the olden days. I kind of laugh about the olden days, you know, back in 1990 when I was a kid. <laughs> And, and I saw people getting saved. It seemed like at least every week or two, every three weeks, and you would see the altars full. And, and I don't want to dwell on the, the olden days, if you will. But it kind of saddens me that we don't see that as much anymore. And I wonder why. I wonder why that's happening. Surely it's because God has changed, right? No. Surely the Holy Spirit's quit convicting people. No. Surely the people of God have, have kind of watered down the gospel and, and just told people they can live how they want to. Yeah, that's, that's more like it, isn't it? And so we're in this situation where we know what the Lord's will is. And we know that He's coming back. There's some things that we can, we can take to the bank. I don't know a whole lot, and, and there's not a whole lot of things in this ever-changing world that you can say that you know, but I know that He's coming. And he says that, that what about that servant that knew that and that knew what the Lord's will was and yet he just ignored it. He didn't do it. He said, oh, he's, he's, something's happened and, and things have changed and he's not coming back. And it says that the Lord shows up and, and basically puts that servant out of a job 
But you know what kind of servants the Lord is looking for? He mentions it in here. He said, who then, in verse 42, who then is that faithful and wise steward? Who is that faithful one that, that even though things seem to be falling apart and the wheels are coming off and, and all these things that we could say and all these cliches and whatever, who's, who's going to be faithful? You know, that's what kind of people the Lord are looking, is looking for. He's not looking for the, the, the most talented people and the most qualified people and the very best. If he was looking for some of those things, I'd be out of a job, folks, I'm telling you. But what the Lord is looking for is people to be faithful to him. It's that simple. It's not hard. He just wants people to be faithful. Whatever he's asked you to do, be faithful to that. He's coming back. Amen. Would you agree with that statement? This is to the church. This is, and he's not even talking to lost people. And, and I tell you, if you're sitting here this morning, the fact that the Lord is coming back and you're lost ought to scare you to death. You ought to not be able to sit here and, and, and sit under the sound of this preaching and, and read the Bible and say, Jesus is coming back and, and I'm not even saved. I'm not even prepared. Boy, that'd be bad shape. You, 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 I, I don't know how you can, people can sit there week after week knowing that Jesus is coming back. Knowing that, that everything is soon going to be winding down, and I believe it is. It may be another 20 years, it may be another 50 years, but no matter what, we need to be ready. If you have to be ready for the next 50 years, then be ready. Have your sleeves rolled up, let your light shine, and, and just be ready for Him. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, and I thank you for your wonderful word. And Lord, I just pray that, that people would take heed to it this morning. And Lord, that it would sink in. And the, the, the saved people here, the, the Christian people, would never lose sight of what's important. Never lose sight of what your will is for their life. It seems like that's happening more and more. And God, I just pray that you would deal with people this morning. God, that you would just deal with the church. God, if there's anybody lost here, Lord, I pray that you would save them. And God, that you would deal with their heart. Lord, we trust you. Lord, that your word will go out and do a work in people's lives. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.